welcome back to another episode of Sports Ball FM. I'm Andy. I'm your host. And we got more football talk today. Some playoff predictions and some fantasy advice, some like stardom, sit'em, waiver wire pickups for this week that you might want to look at. But first, I think we should hop in to the first game of the year, the Cowboys-Bucks game. The NFL absolutely gave us a masterpiece for the first game of the year between the defending champion Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And the game did not disappoint. I would like to say I was right. It was a slugfest. And Tampa won on a game-winning field goal, which I also predicted. Slightly less high-scoring than I predicted. But it was an absolutely crazy game. So Tampa just looks very good at the beginning of the game. And then they have a couple turnovers later in the half. And I will say Dallas's defense was better than I thought it would be. I think that some of those turnovers, like the one at right before halftime where they almost returned that Hail Mary for a touchdown. And then the one where uh, Leonard Fournette just dropped that. I think it was a backfield screen pass or something. I remember someone talking on the broadcast, I think it might have even been uh, Chris Collinsworth, saying if the NFL had scorers like they do in baseball, those two interceptions really probably would not have happened. And I agree, they were both very fluky. And as a Tom Brady fantasy owner in one league where I did start him over Herbert, I am not happy about those interceptions, but I am very happy with the four touchdowns. And big performers in this game... Uh, so, of course, Ryan Suckup hits the game-winning field goal, so practically hero of the game, kind of. Tom Brady marched his team down the field at the end and had just a fantastic game. I believe he had 380 yards and four touchdowns, and he does not look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Um, Amari Cooper, I believe, had two touchdowns. Antonio Brown had a fantastic game. He might be reviving his career this year. Don't, don't hold me accountable to that but he looks very solid and when Brady feeds him he should be very very good this year and then there were the Tampa rush game wasn't very good Chris Godwin had a great game and I am so irritated that I decided to bench him in I am in an eight-man PPR league where my top three receivers are Oh, who do I have? I think I have Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and Terry McLaurin, and I decided to bench Godwin. Highly regretting that. The issue with Tampa's receivers is that they Brady is going to feed like a couple guys per game, and he really fed Godwin, Brown, and Gronk. He Mike Evans had an awful game, and I started him in one league where it's going to be close. Don't hit the panic button on him yet. Don't try to sell low in for fantasy purposes at least. But he he should hopefully be back. He didn't have a he did not have a great game. Um Antonio Brown, of course, had a really, really, really good game where he was averaging 24.2 yards per catch. So he was getting open deep, which could make him very, very valuable. Um their rush game, like I said, was very bad. Ronald Jones lost a fumble. Uh, Leonard Fournette um, dropped an easy pass that ended up being a interception. And then Dallas, on the other hand, Dak is back. Congrats to him. I am, even as a Giants fan, I am very happy for him and what he was able to accomplish. Um, three touchdowns, 403 yards against a good Tampa defense. Ezekiel Elliott was concerning, for sure. Um, I, I'm not going to hit the panic button on him yet fantasy purposes I've been hearing this a lot after the game it's try to buy low on him and don't panic on selling him because they're going to have a very easy schedule until like week 11 I don't think they have a game against a playoff team until they play the Chiefs and then the other thing is they were also playing against a very good rush defense so I agree do not sell low on him or and then try to buy low on him if you don't have them Tony Pollard is probably going to end up being a receiving back like Naheem Hines. That's another takeaway I kind of had from this game. And then Amari Cooper, very, very good game. He had 13 receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns. 
I would have probably been calling him and Prescott players of the game if Dallas had won. And then C.D. Lamb had a couple drops. That was a concern for him last year. I think they said on the NBC broadcast that that was he was tied for fourth in the league with, I think he had nine drops. But he did have a good game. He was getting open on deeper looks. He had a touchdown too. And Michael Gallup is now out for a while after that game with a calf injury, I believe. And then Sean Murphy Bunting dislocated his elbow on the Tampa side. And that's a concerning injury. It was not... I, it didn't look as bad as it I it ended up being, like, seeing in slow-mo, like, on the original broadcast. But I really hope those two guys get better because Gallup is such a talented wide receiver and Murphy Bunting, he's a really, really good safety. And then Dallas, their, their goat of the game was Greg Zerline missing two field goals, even though only one of them was, like, a real miss. One of them was, a, even though he is Greg the Leg, he missed a 60-yard field goal, which is hard to expect a kicker to make in... That you can debate however you want, but Zerline's leg just is not as good as it once was, and he missed a chip shot too, and he missed an extra point, which cost them the game. Arguably, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit concerned about that. Hopefully, for Dallas, they don't have kicking woes like they did with uh, Brett Maher um, a couple of years ago. They don't you don't want to have a repeat of that if you're Dallas. But overall. This game was fantastic, really enjoyed watching it, and good job, NFL. You guys get a round of applause for this. And uh, shout out to Urinating Tree for uh, having to wear or buy the uh, $250 Ed Sheeran jacket. That was that was one of the funnier things in the game was uh, seeing Ed Sheeran and Goodell and me just booing at my, at my TV. That was... It, it's it's fun to boo Goodell, even if you're just sitting at home because he's kind of a bum. And also another thing, the internet started noticing this after the game, and I would like to brag that I was actually maybe first on this one. I saw Brady with his head down. I told my dad like, this, this is gonna mean this means trouble. And sure enough, I was right. They came back and won the game. So uh, congrats to Tom. You're not slowing down. Glad I started doing fantasy. Great game NFL. And also one last quick thought. Gronk is a very, very good tight end. He had an amazing game. I think Brady is likely to feed him a lot this year um, just because of their chemistry. But he is a guy to watch out for. And uh, shout out to Paul who uh, had him on his bench in two leagues. Um, I think he's, he's pretty mad about that when I pointed it out to him today. But yeah, great game. Great game. And so now kind of covered that first game of the season. Fantastic first game of the season. And now I want to get into almost the sequel of last episode. And last episode, if you haven't listened to that, previewed the NFC. Um, but today I want to preview the other conference, the AFC and their teams. This conference, I will, spoiler alert, it's going to be super competitive. It was competitive last year, even with seven teams making the playoffs. A ten and a ten win team still missed out. Sorry, Dolphins. I was I was pulling for you guys last year. But first, I think I want to start off with the AFC East. I'll start with them like I did with the NFC East. And the team that I think a lot of people are buying high on right now is the Buffalo Bills. So they, of course, pay Josh Allen. He is a franchise quarterback. He is going to be there for a long time. And so he get he gets a bag. They also bring in Mitch Trubisky, the MVP to back him up just in case. Not a terrible backup option, not not going to lie. Um they get rid of John Brown, which I was a bit surprised about, but they do sign Emmanuel Sanders who is a better option. He had a solid season in New Orleans last year. Um, their big, like, free agent signing that wasn't an extension was re-signing Matt Milano, a very, very good linebacker. They get him for four years. And so, the thing with this team, I think, I hope, I sincerely hope that Josh Allen runs it back. I'm a little bit concerned 
that last year he might have overachieved, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt a guy who had an MVP like performance last year and is looking like an MVP favorite this year. I'm gonna we're gonna have to wait and see on him. I think he should be fine. And I think the Bills should be fine because they were just they've been a solid team now for I'd argue four years. They missed the playoffs once in between there, but they've made it three times out of them. And these past two years, they have been a good football team, and Josh Allen has been good. And he also turned into not a running back last year, which is really good for them. And I think their receiver core, uh, Stefan Diggs, he was he had an amazing year last year. High hopes for him again this year. Emmanuel Sanders should be good. Uh, Gabriel Davis is a big sleeper. And then they've got the biggest pain and annoyance in the league in Cole Beasley. Go go hang out with Kirk Cousins. You're I'm sorry, Cole. You are just a you're you're not you're not smart, man. You're really not smart. And this is vaccine business, and he's just he's just a pain. Not not my favorite player in the league, that's for sure. But they should be a solid team. Their defense has good players for sure and I I just have trust in this team to be solid I'd give their I'd easily give them their ceiling to be 14 and 3 and their floor is probably I'd say 8 and 9 just in case because there could be um underperforming this year but I don't think it's going to dip that low my bet is that they finish with probably 12 or more wins but I'd be I'd even be surprised if they didn't if they got 12 or if they got 12 even because that that's low compared to other predictions people are making but I think that's fair for floor and ceiling so next team in the AFC East that I want to get into here is the Miami Dolphins who had a busy offseason so their star defensive player their um cornerback Xavier Howard there was some drama with him, but they got a deal done, and I'm really glad because he's a really key component to that defense who surprised big time last year. And they're bringing back Tua. They add Will Fuller on a free agent deal who, if he stays healthy, could be very good. And they draft uh, Jalen Waddle, who was a college teammate of Tua's. And Miles Gasson, Malcolm Brown, and Salvan Ackman, I think, are all three solid running backs. They've all shown it in the past. And they have they just have a quietly solid team that should have hopefully another 10-win season. If Tua takes that leap that goes to that next level, they should be a lot more consistent last year because Tua was having some issues with like getting benched and stuff, but Overall, I really like where the Dolphins are. They are going to be in a tough division given that the Patriots have improved quite a bit and Buffalo is Buffalo. But I really think that their ceiling is 12-5. and five. I think that's the highest they go. I think it's going to be tougher to win more games than that just because of the quality of their division. And their floor, I'd give them... I'd give him 7-10 and 10 because Tua could end up being, if he ends up being awful this year, they I don't think Jacoby Brissett's leading the team to a winning record necessarily. So they could be in some trouble in that regard, but I think they should be fine, and hopefully they will get another 10-plus uh, win season this year. And then the next team is a very intriguing one, the New England Patriots, who improved quite a bit they get their guy hopefully mac jones he's now the starter no more cam they cut him and i still need to go look and see what the heck happened with that uh that video he put out today it sounds like he's he's still hungry to play and i think he will probably find a job somewhere i think he's still talented enough that he he will be he will be able to find somewhere to play and they lose Joe Thune to the Chiefs. So that that's going to be a big loss for them on the offensive line. They signed the top two tight ends, basically, in free agency in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, which is a very interesting move. Hopefully it does improve their even their receiver depth a bit because a two tight end option is not bad for them necessarily. Uh, Henry is hurt right now, but once both of those guys are healthy... They that could be very very interesting, and they're 
their defense is good. They don't they bring in Matt Judon. They draft Christian Barmore, who fell very far to them. He might have some attitude issues, apparently, but hopefully Belichick will be able to whip him into shape, I guess, and uh, hopefully he will be a successful NFL player. And they still have their guys, Stephon Gilmore. They bring back Kyle Van Noy. And if Mac Jones has success, actually, I can't forget about Trent Brown, too. They bring him in to replace Thune, basically, and he should be a good option, one of the better offensive linemen in the league. If Mac Jones is successful, I have high thoughts for this team because I think they are well-coached, and I think they are in a good spot um, the rest of the way. They're, they bring in Nelson Aguilar, too. I really like where they are with receivers this year, and I think Mac Jones is a better throwing quarterback than Newton at this point, which I, I don't even think there's a question at that point. But... With this team, I think their ceiling. It, I think they're probably they're the second bet best team in this division at best. I think they will finish third though. I'm not sure. I think the Dolphins had their year where they proved that they are good last year, and I think they should be here to stay. And with New England, I think their ceiling is 11 and six, and their floor where they have the they have this Mac Jones issue. Given that they don't really have a great backup, I don't think Stidham is that good. I'd say 6-11 and 11 is their floor. I think that's fair, because if something happens with Mac Jones or he just isn't good, I don't really see another option for them. And I think uh, there might be some toxic relations with uh, Newton now, so I'm not sure they'd be able to bring him back. But I think they finish a respectable third and actually do end up sniffing the playoffs. I think this could easily be a three-playoff team division. Now we move on to the New York Jets, who I really don't think are going to be as bad as people think, but they're still not great, obviously. They have a rookie quarterback. Hopefully this year for them, they got their guy in BYU legend Zach Wilson. He made some good throws, and they're basically like, okay, give me him right now. Bang the bang the credit card on the table guy. Insert him right here. That that's He's hopefully their guy. And they... Bring in Corey Davis, who I think is going to be a very solid wide receiver for them. They sign Carl Lawson, then he tears his Achilles, is what I believe happened, which really sucks because he was their big defensive free agent signing this year. And their other draft pick ended up turning into Elijah Vera Tucker, who should be very good on that offensive line paired with uh, Mekhi Becton. And they've also got Jamison Crowder. They've got rookie Elijah Moore, who is a definitely a sleeper for rookie of the year on on the offensive side of the ball. They've got Michael Carter, who I think could be... I have him in fantasy in multiple leagues as a guy who could emerge as a top running back this year. I think given that their offensive line is solid enough, it, it, it's... It, not necessarily the most like experienced one, but it looks it's pretty decent. I think Carter could end up being very, very good for them. And their defense, you've got Quinn and Williams still. CJ Mosley should hopefully be healthy for them. But I don't have a lot of I don't have I really don't have faith in the Jets because they're just so mismanaged. It's all gonna lie it with Zach Wilson between them having some success or no success. For the Jets, I would probably give their ceiling. I would gi- I'd give them seven and ten at best. Wilson's gonna need to have a good year for that to happen, though. And then their worst is two and fifteen, probably because we saw it last year. If something happens to Zach Wilson, they have some dude named Mike White waiting for him. So they don't have good options if Wilson sucks. This team's in a weird position. But they should hopefully improve on last year, and I think they easily will. But you never say never with the Jets. So to go over it, I think that Buffalo finishes first. I think they will be a competitor for the one seed in the AFC and maybe even the best record in the NFL, kind of like the Bucks, the Packers, and the Rams. Dolphins, I think they will probably get a wild card spot finishing in second. Patriots finishing third. I think they will be competitive for a wild card spot, and then fourth will be the Jets. It's gonna be, it's gonna be another learning year for them. And so now we've covered every team in the AFC East. Now I want to move on to the AFC South, and there are two good teams: one team that could surprise and one really, really bad team in this division. And 
the two teams that are good are the Colts and the Titans. And I think a lot of people have the Titans winning that division. I think if things don't blow up with COVID for the Colts, they will win the AFC South. And here is why. Here's the thing with the Colts. Their offensive line and defense are so good that the rest of their offense could probably be a little bit better than average. And this team could be a Super Bowl contender. They bring in Carson Wentz, who, after Phillip Rivers retired, and this team, remember, was still good with Rivers, who was in the last year of his career, wasn't that great, wasn't a super pass-heavy offense. They've got Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, and they bring back Marlon Mack, so that's a very, very, very solid running back group. Taylor has turned into arguably a top 10 back in the league, and Naheem Hines is a good pass-catching back. Speaking of which, Hines is a fantasy sleeper that I do like. T.Y. Hilton is hurt, but they've got Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, and Paris Campbell as their three wide receivers. And Pittman is another really, really good fantasy sleeper. I like him a lot. He showed flashes of potential last year, and I think with a new quarterback, he should be really good. And with that offensive line giving Wentz hopefully less pressure, he could he could end up exploding this year. I have him waiting in a couple leagues, I think. And their offensive line, solid as always. They bring in Eric Fisher. And their defense, they draft Pay. They can thank Dave Gettleman for that. And they just look really, really good. They've got um, Hot Rod as their kicker, too. Can't Got to give him a shout-out. The Colts are a very solid team. They don't have COVID issues. I think their defense is better than the Titans. And I think with their offensive line, too, that is going to set them apart. Because a good defense can do a team a lot of good stuff. And I'm going to say, I think the Titans do finish second in the division. I'll get, first off, before I talk about them, uh, I think the ceiling for the Colts is 13-4. and four. I think they could possibly even go higher than that, but I think a reasonable bet is 13-4 and four for them. And then a floor, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say 8-9. and nine. It, that that would have to be a worst case scenario where Wentz sucks and they don't really have a good option to go to, but I think their defense would be able to carry them a lot and that would put them in like a Super Bowl contender tier for me. I like them as a sleeper team this year. Trust me, I this is I I do I do I like this a lot and I think Wentz being reunited with Frank Reich could help things quite a bit. He just needs to not turn into Kirk Cousins, which it turns out. He might be, he might just be a pain, but if he's not a pain and he's good, watch out for the Colts. And then next team I want to talk about are the Titans who lose Johnny Smith and Corey Davis, but bring in future Hall of Famer Julio Jones. Not a bad offseason on offense at all. And they've got Tannehill, who arguably is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Derrick Henry, 2,000-yard rusher last year. I expect him to do great things again if teams somehow don't figure him completely out, but I have high hopes for him. Selected him as a keeper in fantasy with that in mind. But their defense just looks slapped together. They do bring in Bud Dupree, who's coming off a major injury, and they lose a Dory Jackson. I'm, this is what I think is holding this team back because I think their receiver core with uh, led by A.J. Brown and Julio Jones is going to be amazing. That's a, a top five for sure with a future Hall of Famer and just a, another star. It's arguably the top wide receiver group in the league, but their defense is going to be what holds them back. And I'm not even sure if this team makes the playoffs, to be completely honest. I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned about that. They will be good. They will be competitive. I'd give their I'd give them a ceiling of twelve and five because that offense could could just be so explosive. But their defense is going to be a major liability, and with that in mind, I'd set their floor at eight and nine because I think the offense will be there, but the defense could cost them some games. I would be concerned about that, but I wouldn't be concerned about their offense at all if I'm a Titans fan or just someone who likes to follow the NFL a lot and. With the Titans, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones will all be fantasy stars, and and the rest are nobodies, I guess. They're not, they're not nobodies, but they are very, very questionable. think they'll be competitive again this year. Probably not as good as the Colts, though, just because the Colts are more well-rounded. 
But watch out for the Titans. Their offense could just completely trample a lot of teams. Next team, the team I think will finish third, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, so congrats to them. They bring in Urban Meyer. They drafted Travis Etienne. He is out for the season and with a foot injury, and that could end up being, I hope it doesn't end up being, but it could be a big issue for his career at this point. But they've got James Robinson. They will be okay, trust me. Robinson is a guy I really like in fantasy, and he has a great week one matchup too, so I would definitely start him this week. Just talking about right now, absolutely start him against the Texans this week. He's going to have an increased workload this season. I drafted him very high in one of my leagues. I like him a lot. And they improve their wide receiver core. They add Marvin Jones. DJ Chark should be okay. And LaVisca Chenault is another sleeper I like in fantasy. I have him in multiple leagues, I believe. And then their defense, they get rid of Joe Schobert for some reason. It's its going to be an interesting look. Like, do they trade C.J. Henderson? Do they not? They, I, Their defense and offensive line will likely hold them back. But don't, don't count out their offense completely. I would, I would say it, in a good scenario with Lawrence, I'd give their ceiling. This is a bolder prediction, but nine and eight. I, I I'm I have lots of confidence in Lawrence, but I'm not sure if the rest of the team can be that good, and that's why this is this is bold. But the and then their floor probably I would say three and fourteen, but they've all got they're getting two wins against the Texans. So I'd I'd put it at four and thirteen as the lowest they go this year. They'll obviously improve on last year, no doubt about it, but they, they are a sleeper team. I don't think they're making the playoffs. So they'll probably finish third in this division, but they are a sleeper team, and watch out for them in the coming years. And then last team, the worst team in the NFL, no doubt, Houston. You guys suck. You guys flat out suck. You're the worst run organization I have ever seen. You are worse than the Colorado Rockies, which is saying something. You're worse than the New York Mets. You're on your own level right here. I This team was so good for a while, and they just blew it all up because Bill O'Brien absolutely sucks. He sucks. Guy should never have been their GM. He was. He's just awful. He is terrible. He. I don't have any more things that aren't completely like terrible. I could not. I could say about him. They're not even starting Deshaun Watson anymore, which is, I, they should not be starting him because the guy is likely, possibly a, I, I'm not, I think, I think he is potentially and maybe even likely a criminal at this point. I don't, if, if something does come out, don't hold me accountable to this. This is just what I'm thinking now. And I don't think he deserves to be anywhere near a football field this year because this guy is just, it doesn't sound like he's a good human being at all. But they have Tyrod Taylor, and he's a solid NFL quarterback. He had that punctured lung incident last year, and he kickstarted the career of uh, Justin Herbert. Their running backs aren't bad. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. And then Brandon Cooks is good. Other than that, the rest of the team is trash and not worth talking about. It's easy for me to say that this team could go 0-17, and that's definitely their floor. I think this team has the best shot out of any team to do that this year, and their ceiling is 5-12. and This team's going to be awful, not worth your time at all. They're just bad. So to recap, Colts win the division, sleeper Super Bowl pick, Titans second, should be solid, a little questionable. Uh, Jaguars third. They'll improve on last year, but don't expect them to make the playoffs. And then last in the division will be the Texans because they suck. So the next division, I'll go to the AFC North here. And the team that I think wins this division, the Cleveland Browns. Let's go Browns. Pulling for you guys out of the AFC this year for sure. And hey, look. Really good. They lock up Nick Chubb. They've got Kareem Hunt waiting too. OBJ is back. Jarvis Landry is good. Donovan Peoples-Jones, big sleeper again. Rashard Higgins, sleeper. Their tight ends are 
arguably the best in the league with Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, and Austin Hooper, who could all be starters in on a lot of teams. Offensive line looks good, but their defense, ooh, baby, that defense. Sit them in week one if you have them in fantasy against the Chiefs because that's never a good start. But Miles Garrett, I he is the guy, I think, that wins defensive player of the year. Uh, Genevion Clowney, former number one overall pick, two of them. Denzel Ward, John Johnson, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Owusu, Koromora, JOK. Oh my gosh, this, oh, this defense is so appealing to me, and their offense is going to be very good again. This team's a Super Bowl contender, and I think people need to accept that. It's so weird to me to think about that, and... Also, I forgot about the Texans cutting J.J. Watt, if you didn't know about that, because they suck. Uh, but back to the Browns. Really, 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 really good. Not much more to talk about here. I think Baker Mayfield is a sleeper MVP candidate. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's winning it, but he's a sleeper. Their offense is just solid and has depth. Their defense is really, really good looking. Ceiling for them, I'd give it 14-3. and three. They're going to be in a very competitive division, but I think they are clearly now, at this point, the best team in the the division they had playoff success last year came so close to the AFC championship and their floor man with this much talent it's tough to gauge this but they are the Browns the last time they had a lot of hype they finished six and ten I think Stefanski is a fantastic coach eight and nine which I would not panic about as being a floor because floors can be so low because so much stuff can go wrong Browns fans shout out Matthew you guys are going to be really good. Trust me. Super Bowl contenders easily contenders for the number one seed again in the AFC. Now, next team. The team that I think will finish second. And this is really between two teams. It's between the Steelers and the Ravens. And you know what? At this point, I really, I think I don't like Pittsburgh going into this year. I think the whole thing with them potentially, like having three playoff teams out of that division is going to be, it's going to be hard. They have big Ben coming back who is so washed. He is so washed and they've got Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins waiting. Najee Harris, who I think is overhyped, but should still be solid. Their wide receivers are good with Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool and James Washington, who might get traded at some point. Eric Ebron is their tight end. A revamped offensive line defense, Still solid, very very much so. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, who just got paid. Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, they bring in. I think they will be good. I think the Steelers will be good. I think they are definitely a contender for the playoffs, but I think it all lies on can they improve their rush game and Big Ben. I think Big Ben sucks now. I think I really do. He needs to bounce back and be and just be better because he looked absolutely washed last year. Wouldn't be shocked if this is his last year. But for the Steelers, because of how just their team is solid, I'd give their ceiling 12, I'd give it 12 and 5. I don't think they go any higher than that. And if Roethlisberger sucks or he gets hurt or something like that, give me give me 6 and 11 or 7 and 10 probably. I'd lean towards 7 and 10 for their floor, but don't. I, I trust the Steelers because they're a well-run organization, but... They, they should be good. They should be good. And then next team. Now I could have a hot take incoming. I'm not sure if I want to put this out on the internet. And I don't think I do. Maybe you guys will hear it at some point. But the Ravens, I think, will finish third in the division. The injury bug is hitting them hard. Rashad Bateman's out for probably a month. They lose three of their running backs, including Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, to... Torn ACLs, which is just really terrible because those are real are it, these are hardworking guys, and I think it's an awful loss for them because now they have Tyson Williams as their starter, and they're they've really gone desperation into the free agent market. They signed Le'Veon Bell, they signed Latavius Murray, and they signed Devontae Freeman, so it's really convoluted. They're like, who is going to start? And by the way, shout out to a guy in my league who literally went for the name recognition of Bell and traded me Matt Ryan and A.J. Dillon in a league where I had Daniel Jones as my backup, a 12-team league. That's going to really help me. Thank you very much. Mar Jackson's good. 
very he's he's really good. They have Marquise Brown, who I think is overrated. Sammy Watkins, watch out for him in Week One as always. And their defense has had some losses, like Matt Judon, but should be a solid group again. I uh, I don't think they will be. I actually don't think this team makes the playoffs anymore. I'm very very concerned about them. I I think teams have been able to figure out Lamar too. It, this is I just feel like there are more talented teams out there, and this injury bug. They also lose Marcus Peters too. I I don't trust them. I think they're I think their ceiling's eleven and five. I don't doubt that they could be a good team, but they struggled in the middle of last year, and I think they're. I think their floor is probably 6 and 11. I'm setting it lower just because Lamar there the stuff around him isn't as good as what is around Big Ben in Pittsburgh. And if his rushing gets stopped, this team is dead in the water. I I think it'd also be respectable to put their floor at 7 and 10. I think either of those is reasonable. But for now, I think they finished third in the division. Not, not too worried about the Ravens if I'm if I'm any other team in the division or even the AFC. And now a team that I also think will be better than people think. It's Cincinnati. They're not good. They're not great, but they're certainly, hopefully, going to be better than last year. So Joe Mixon, he stays healthy. He. Could be a very good running back, but I am concerned about that offensive line for sure. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to protect Burrow. I think they should have drafted Sewell at this point because Jamar Chase might also be in some hot water. I think he he is in hot water with a sexual assault case. I'm, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it, it probably is not good. And he can't hold on to the ball either because uh, apparently it's hard to... Uh, Catch a ball in the NFL versus college. Dude, you got to learn how to catch the flipping ball. That's your job. And their defense is thrown together. It's thrown together. Don't be shocked if this team is a lot better. I'd set their I'd set their ceiling at 9 and 8 just because of how talented their receiving core is. I'd I'd call that a I'd call that a hot take. And I know it's a hot take. And I I just this completely relies on their offensive line not being absolutely awful, and it also relies on their defense not being absolutely awful, which are both big ifs, but their offensive talent is there at the skill positions. So I think 9-8 and eight would... It's, it's a bit of a reach for the Bengals, but I think it could happen. And then their floor, 4-13, and 13, because that offensive line and defense could crumble. They will be mediocre this year, or bad. One of the two. They're not going to be great. They're not going to be necessarily even good if they do somehow sniff the playoffs, which I think the AFC is just too talented for that to even happen. But oh, watch out for them a bit. They're 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 growing. They're growing a bit. They will be here in a few years. So to recap, the Browns will likely win the division and compete for that one seed and be a Super Bowl contender. The Steelers finish second, Ravens finish third, concerned about them, and the Bengals finish fourth, which is what most people are predicting to happen. <sighs> I have been talking a lot today. I need to get a drink of water. Got my water. And let's go to the AFC West. It's gonna be a real this is going to be a fun division. So Casey, Kansas City, well, I think they clearly finish first in this division. Patrick Mahomes, Terry Kill, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Travis Kelsey, bringing Orlando Brown and Joe Thune to fix that offensive line that crumbled in the last year's Super Bowl. Solid defense. May I say any more? They're the, the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't think there should be any doubts for them. They've made the Super Bowl in back-to-back years, and they won it. They won it two years ago. I'm going to I'm going to go bold here and say that the ceiling for the Chiefs. It's not 17 and 0. I don't think they go 17 and 0, 16 and 1 because their division is too it's too solid but this team is so talented. Need I say any more and their floor? This team probably has the highest floor out of any team in the league. 
I'd, because Chad Henney's not a bad backup if something were to happen to Mahomes, which I sincerely hope it doesn't. But th- this team's just so solid. I'd give their floor 10-7. and 7. I would give it 10-7. and 7. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if this team doesn't win 14-plus games this year. I would do not be shocked because their division is going to be very tough. But they're Super Bowl contenders. They're obviously a team that could get be the best team in the NFL. No doubt in my mind. Super Bowl contenders for sure. And then, team that I think will finish second in the division, LA Chargers. They've got the talent. They just got to put it together. Justin Herbert, MVP candidate. Austin Eckler, good running back. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, good wide receivers. They draft Rashawn Slater. Their defense is solid. Need I say any more about them? I know what people are going to say, like, oh, they haven't been able to put it on the field. They just, if they stop choking... And Herbert is as good as he was last year. Even if he regresses just a tiny bit, they should be fine. Chargers, I have a lot of high hopes for them this year. And I think their ceiling is 12-5. and five, And I think their floor is 6-11. and 11. I really don't think that needs an explanation because they're in the middle. They're a fluctuating team. But I think they should be good. My, my bet is they win 10 games. 10-7 10 and seven is the record. I'm just going to put it right on them. Slap the label. They look like a 10-7 and team, for sure. I'm very excited to watch the Chargers this year. That is for sure. I think they are very talented. The next team, let's go into the Broncos. Their their defense could fin- could be a top five, if not the top defense in the league this year. Their wide receivers, holy cow. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, all very good wide receivers. Noah Fan is your tight end. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams is your running back, and Williams, watch out for him possibly for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he is a good fantasy sleeper if you can get the handcuff with Gordon for sure. The big question is just a quarterback. I think I think next year I've I've basically made up my mind that they will have Aaron Rodgers next year, and it's going to be like a, the Peyton Manning type thing. But for now, they're rolling with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Teddy is their starter for now, and I have high hopes for him with this team. They... He's got weapons. He has proven to be a solid quarterback in the NFL. And I think they will be competitive. I don't think they win the division, but they'll be competitive for a playoff spot, clearly. And I give them a ceiling of... I think it's fair to put their ceiling at 12-5, and five, like the Chargers. They are very similar teams, except the... I'd, I'd say the Chargers are the team with the better offense. The Broncos are the team with the better defense. Very, very... I'd say equal, I guess. And then their their floor is probably actually would put it higher than the Chargers at seven and ten because I just think this team is too talented to have to not have success. This is their year. Fangio is on the hot seat. You guys got to have success this year, and I'm counting on it. I think they should be good. Shout out Paul, by the way, Broncos fan. Um, you might be hearing him. I don't think it's going to be later in this episode. Probably a separate episode where we're going to talk about all things predicting. And uh, talking about week one. And be on the lookout for the panel discussion on that. So, Broncos should be a solid team this year. And then, the team that I, I think is just the odd team out in this division, but don't count them out completely, is the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have a very interesting offense. I think they will be run heavy with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Should be a dangerous combo. Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota waiting in the wing in case something were to happen. Very solid quarterbacks. Their wide receivers, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, are all sleepers for sure. And I like Brian Edwards a lot in fantasy this year. Darren Waller, top three tight end in the league, easily. Uh, First round pick, Alex Leatherwood, projected to be in the third round. They got him in the first because that's the Raider way. Also, shout out to... The great Divine Diablo. If you have listened to Clickbait Sports ever, you will get my reference. And they bring in Yannick Ngakwe. I don't think their defense will be very good. I really don't think their defense will be very good. But I think their offense should be very, very, very solid. I have high hopes. I have high hopes for the Raiders, actually. I think if I'm being bold, the the AFC West could produce four playoff teams. The Raiders are just going to not need to not collapse. 10 and 7 for their for their ceiling. 
and their floor is probably 6-11. and 11. They're going to be in that, like, sniffing the playoffs range, even though they will likely finish last in the division. So, to recap, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, in that order, should could easily all be 10-plus win teams. Good division. Really, really good division with good teams. I'd not be shocked if the Raiders made the playoffs. So, now I've talked about all the teams in the AFC, and I think it's time that I do my playoff predictions. One seed in the AFC. I think the three options for this are, well, actually, I think any of those division winners, really, the the Colts, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Browns. They're all competitive for that one seed, and I think they will all likely finish with 12-plus wins, maybe even 13-plus. The team that I think, this is all just such a toss-up. Team that I think gets the one seed, though. The bold bold prediction take, Cleveland Browns. I said it. The Cleveland Browns will be the number one seed in the AFC. This is really a toss-up, and this is just my pick. Don't don't be shocked if any of those other teams get it. Second seed in the AFC. I'm going to give it to the Bills, actually. I think it's, like I said, it's really a toss-up. And then the Chiefs. I think they'll regress a little bit, but still be a Super Bowl contender and get the three seed. And the Colts could be like a 13-win four seed, which is just insane to me. I just think their their offense is just a little bit less good than those other teams, and that's what will set them apart. But their defense could be end up carrying, and the playoffs are going to be uber competitive. Now for the wild card teams, and this is where things get ridiculous because you have three, you have two teams additional in the AFC East that could make it. You've got another additional team in the South and the Titans. You've got two additional teams in the Ravens and the Steelers in the North, and three additional teams that are competi- going to be contenders for it in the West. The best wildcard team this year will be, I think it's going to be the Chargers. I will give them the top wildcard in the AFC. Second best wildcard, the sixth seed, going to go to the Dolphins here because I just think they're a solid team, and this is their year to make it, finally. And the last team in the AFC to make it, I'm going to give it to the Broncos. I think this is is a year where they make noise. I think their defense is going to be too good, and I think Teddy Bridgewater will have some success, and if he doesn't, could be a year to watch out for Drew Locke. It really could be any of those teams. It's hard to imagine that like the Titans and the Ravens and the Steelers, all of them, and even the Patriots, all of them missing out. But these are just the three additional teams that I feel like are the most solid. Come at me. I don't care. This is my prediction. You can disagree. So, that's the AFC. That's a lot. There's a, there was a lot to unpack there, and I think I gave you some fantasy advice throughout this episode, and... I can give you a little bit more here. So, guys I like going into week one. I like Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon both. They have a great matchup against Detroit. I I like any of those receivers in Debo and Ayuk too. Because I think that's just a very favorable matchup where the team could put up 40 points easily against the Lions. Because the Lions stink. I definitely like James Robinson against the Texans. I like LaVisca Chenault against the Texans. Trevor Lawrence, if you have him as a starter, is a good start because he should hopefully have a good matchup this week. But I don't necessarily... I'm not I'm not starting him over Russell Wilson, even though Russ is going against the Colts. Let's see. So I wouldn't necessarily... I'm, if you're looking at guys, you want to start. So guy I would actually sit if you are in a more shallow league is Justin Herbert. I think Washington is very unfavorable for him. Uh, I'd start I'd start your Vikings receivers, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, maybe even Kirk Cousins, because I think the Bengals are not a they're not they're not a team with a good defense. Uh, I'd start Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore against the Jets, and I'd also I, I wouldn't necessarily start Corey Davis. I would maybe sit him this week and just see how he does. Your Packers, guys like Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are really good starts this week. I would bench... I'm not sure what to think of Saquon. I really hope he has a good game, but I also don't trust 
him to have a great game coming off this injury. So I'd, if you want to play it safe in a shallower league, maybe bench Saquon against the Broncos, but he could also light it up, so don't necessarily take that advice. Brian Edwards on the Raiders, good start. Even Derek Carr, too. Start the Rams' defense for sure against the Bears. I wouldn't necessarily start Allen Robinson because he will likely be guarded by Jalen Ramsey, so he is a sit for me. I would not start Joe Burrow against the Vikings. Definitely not. Not maybe play it safe with guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool against the Bills. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts, actually, against the Falcons as a start. For the Falcons, I like Mike Davis as a start against the Eagles. That might be a little bit questionable. We're going to see. have to see how he does, but he could be... He could be really good. I'd I'd bench Chris Carson this week against the Colts. That's going to be a tough rush defense for Seattle. And the interesting game for me this week is Browns-Chiefs because that could end up being a shootout, but the Browns could limit guys like Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start McCole Hardman this week, that's for sure, but definitely start Mahomes if you have him. And then... I'd bench Jameis Winston this week in a shallower league because I don't think the Packers are a favorable matchup for him. And, yeah. And maybe if you want your dark horse. Week one, Sammy Watkins. Just throwing that out there. So, I gave you guys some fantasy advice. We might go deeper because I think a, we might have a panel episode coming out with potentially Samik and or Matthew and or Paul and or Ollie. Hopefully, I can get those guys on to talk about these week one games. Uh, if not, you'll probably just hear from me or maybe just like me and Paul. But for now, previewed the AFC. Giving you some fantasy starts and sits this week. Gone through the stuff, man. It. I'm so excited for the rest of week one coming up. And I hope you guys enjoy football this week. Hope I kept you entertained today. Hope I wasn't too rambly again. But anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Be on the lookout for more football stuff coming out soon. Catch you guys in the next one, which should be very soon. Have a good one. Peace.